The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Great to have everybody here tonight. I know the YouTube uh, schedule announcement, whatever it is, was an hour early. Eddie, I don't know, he must have got his wires crossed thinking it was a... Uh, uh, the Independence Gang night as opposed to Beyond Reality night. And, you know, there's an hour disparity between the start times of those programs, which, by the way, I'm thinking of addressing. I'm thinking of changing this program to start an hour early. Let me know what you think about that that in chat, if that makes it easier or more difficult for people to join us for the live stream. Uh, We do have a lot of great things coming up. In fact, I was just looking at um, a, a number of the books that we're going to be talking about, of course, with their authors. Uh, coming up, I mean, this one. This one's pretty cool here. This is uh, Awakening to the Fifth Dimension. Kimberly Meredith will be our guest in an upcoming episode of the show. We're going to be talking with uh, this one. I'm really excited about this one. Kristen Lee is the author of this book, Paranormal Confessions, and we'll be talking about this book uh, in just in a couple weeks here on the program. Uh, let's see what's this one here. Uh, I'm not sure what that one is, but we have this one is a this is a tome. This thing is gigantic and uh, jen ward the author of the sft lexicon spiritual freedom technique will join us to talk about this book in a few weeks so we've got a lot of great stuff these are some terrific books and uh looking forward to having all of these conversations tonight we're going to have a really good one too this is going to be a little bit more on the conspiracy side certainly the informational side you can't help but pay attention to, I'll call it the news, but I'm not so sure it's always the news, but there's so much new information coming out about the pandemic and what we've been going through, the things we were told initially that might not be the things that we're being told now, plus we're being asked to remask and and, and re-social distance, and a lot of these things we thought we were over are starting to resurface, and uh, our guest tonight's going to talk about a lot of this. Dr. Richard Ruling is our guest. He is an MD. He's an internal medicine specialist. He also taught health service at Loma Linda University. He's written several books. Uh, among them, we're going to be talking about a couple of them tonight, From Lockdown to Knockdown, The Fall of America. That sounds rather ominous. And also, Why You Shouldn't Ask Your Doctor. That's the title of another one of his books. He's got a bunch of books to his credit. So, We may uh, stray from those two and talk about some others as well, but there will be no shortage of conversation tonight, of course. Dr. Richard Ruling will be our guest. Be sure to subscribe. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification icon. That way, when Eddie schedules the show an hour early, you'll be notified with a lot of extra time to get ready. Uh, Hopefully, that won't happen again. I think that's the first time this has ever happened. I think that's it. Um. But either way, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're if you're a Twitch watcher, viewer, participator, whatever, please subs- uh, follow at least there, but subscribe if you can. If you are one of our YouTube regulars and you have had a subscription to the Twitch channel and used your Amazon Prime account to connect it, to give us credit for that, please go back and do it because they they expire after a month. After 30 days, you have to redo it. It doesn't cost anything to do it. Just requires a few mouse clicks or finger touches on the screen, whatever it happens to be, and you can set that up again. And we appreciate you doing that. We also appreciate you uh, supporting us um, through our Patreon channel, which is Patreon.com/slash/JoeHaw, J-O-H-A-W. And if you can do that for us, we'd appreciate it. Now, a lot of you already have, so thank you for that. All right, let's go to break. Let's get our guest with us, and let's begin this conversation, because I have a feeling this is going to go into some really interesting places with our guest tonight, Dr. Richard Ruling. It's Beyond Reality, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again, because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter, and we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast, listener and you scroll down to the bottom there's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app and it's only 99 cents a month it's less than a buck you probably have that change in your couch right now that dollar a month less than a dollar goes a long way in helping us produce this program provide great interviews for you during the course of the week i thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, welcome back to the show. It's Beyond Reality. I'm your host, GV. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're going to have a very interesting and I think very important conversation tonight looking forward to this very much and have for a while we actually had uh, dr richard ruling scheduled i think it was last week and um i was actually unwell couldn't do the program so we had to reschedule him and i appreciate his flexibility and willingness to change the schedule at last minute uh dr ruling thanks so much for being with us tonight we really appreciate you joining us and i'm looking forward to this conversation too well it's mutual uh you know uh, it says more blessed to give than receive, and I have a lot to share, I think, from my perspective that might be different than what most people think. But anyway, looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, I am too. And there, there's so many different directions we can take this conversation, so it's going to be hard for me to remain focused. But I want to start by just getting a little bit better of an understanding of your backroom, background. You've got a lot, of a, credit, a lot of credits, a lot of accomplishments. Kind of walk us through your history a little bit. Well, I, I took medicine. I planned to be a missionary, but things didn't work out in Africa. I went. Uh, some friends said you'd do more good in Africa if you take a year of public health. So I have a master's degree in public health, and during that year, didn't work out. The dean liked me, and he said, "Well, if he were younger, he would like to take some internal medicine and uh, other training." And he said, uh, "Maybe you could come back and help t- uh, train other missionaries." <laughs> you know, and that appealed to me. And so I, I took internal medicine, was board certified, had a year of cardiology, and uh, this was a very innovative dean. Uh, He was thinking uh, way back in the 60s uh, of a school of health, not a medical school. He had been the chairman of pharmacology department, okay? He had his Ph.D. in pharmacology from Stanford University, uh, but he knew that drugs were potentially problems, and uh, he wanted a school of health where people uh, aren't diseased, don't need prescriptions, but how to feel better, how to live well. So a school of public health uh, with a focus on nutrition. And he took every nutrition course that Harvard had to offer. And uh, uh, that was way back in the 60s. He says, you can't do that now. There's too many courses. But anyway, uh, uh, he, he got his doctoral degree at Harvard uh, on the adequacy of a plant-based uh, protein diet. You know, in other words, uh, you don't have to have beefsteak and all that in order <laughs> to do well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've done well that my, my life, too. I'm, I will be 80 on my next birthday, and uh, I'm in great health, really. Uh, I, I've only taken one prescription in my life. Wow. Uh, I was, I was on, uh, on a trip, um, and I got uh, intestinal flu from something I ate. I didn't want to be stopping at every gas station, so I wrote myself a prescription for low modal. It's something for the intestines to stop motility. And, uh, um, but otherwise, uh, I have not ever filled another prescription in my life. You know, since wow. I, anyway, that's a uh, long story short. But I, I believe, as Hippocrates said, let your food be your medicine. And I think that was the original intention. Um, you know, we, let me ask you this. Uh, do you, uh, do you speak any Spanish? I don't speak any Spanish. I speak a little Italian, which is similar, and I speak a little more German, but that's not similar okay. at all. <laughs> okay. You're right. Yeah, uh, nine. <laughs> what, yeah, I, right. I, my father was from Germany, but when, uh, I had a choice to take languages and I, I, pointed out that Spanish is, uh, he said, take Spanish. Uh, I didn't need it for medicine. But, uh, and I did spend a year in South America, but, uh, but uh, not a year, a summer, one summer in college between years. But my point uh, on Spanish was that um, um, the word for, for library in Spanish is biblioteca, biblioteca. Yep. Uh, and and um, Spanish people listening will know what I'm talking about, but the idea is Bible tech. Yep. The Bible has a, a variety of stuff. It has poetry. It has history. It has biographies. It has law. It, and I was ta- uh, taught that it had the first original uh, Bible, I mean, health code, okay? Moses wrote the first uh, health code, and uh, I, I've also been told that it's a, it's a book on uh on happiness, you know, just as we can conform to health with health laws 
and health as a result. Uh, conformity to moral laws can bring happiness uh, in our lives. And, uh, you know, if you lie, cheat, and steal, you're really not a happy person, et cetera, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that's that's some of my background, and I ended up teaching. Uh, and I had, uh, getting back to <laughs> where I'm coming from, uh, This, but we got an hour, so I, I'm just filling you in with more details than I might usual. But um, uh, this dean wanted a school of health, and he, instead of having uh, a hospital where you saw sick people and wrote prescriptions, we had uh, executive health where executives came for their yearly checkup. I did the physical, and our students would counsel them on their health practices, how to get their cholesterol down, how to stop smoking, uh, weight loss, things like that. And so it was an innovative program. And I had, I'll just share with you a perspective that I had uh, one executive when I did the physical said that uh, sugar bothered his joints. And another would say that cheese bothered his joints. Uh, And a third one said meat bothered his joints. And these were smart people that had figured it out. You know, most people, they just go to the doctor and get a prescription. But uh, these were guys that, uh, you know, uh, had knew uh, something that was affecting them. But when I got headaches, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, couldn't identify a cause to the headache, you know. But I later, when I left the, the, uh, the university and I went into practice with a, uh, uh, five doctors, one was an allergist. And people drove hundreds of miles to see this guy. And so I one day asked him, how many people with headaches can you help? Well, he said about nine out of ten. I said, test me. And uh, I, he, he told me I was uh, had a problem with wheat and gluten and so on. I would not have believed it. I, it was favorite food for me, kind of. I had granolas, and I loved Zweibach. And I, if I didn't have two sandwiches a day when I was teaching at the university, I didn't feel filled up. But here's the way it works. If you become allergic to a food... And uh, your body regards it as a as a poison. And my best example is uh, nicotine. And people don't get sick when they smoke, though. They get sick when they don't smoke, when they try to go through withdrawal. And that's the way my headaches were in retrospect. I uh, Five days a week, I took two sandwiches to work. But on the weekend, my wife would say, oh, you get bread every day. We're having fresh fruits, vegetables, other things, you know. And uh, Sunday was an oat waffle tradition, but it wasn't toast or wheat. And Monday morning was headache for me, even though I'd been exercising, fresh air, sunshine, doing all the right stuff. The better I felt on Sunday, the worse I'd feel Monday morning going through withdrawal to the wheat, apparently, you know, and in retrospect. And so that's, uh, you know, for people that uh, don't think, uh, you know, they go to the doctor for prescriptions, maybe they can figure it out now if they'll think about their favorite foods and the fact that they're abusing them. And uh, overdoing it because I I had been doing that with uh, uh, granolas and and yeah. things that I love you know basically yeah. so uh, that's just a little insight to uh, and and then uh, while I was teaching there at the university I, having cardiology training I, I attended a convention in Anaheim which is across from Disneyland and uh, Pritikin uh, in the mid 70s was reporting how his diet and, uh, and exercise program got 85 percent of people off of their blood pressure medicine and also off of uh, diabetic medicine. And I thought, wow, that is really amazing. And uh, the the rationale for this is uh, on blood pressure, that a high-fat diet makes your blood sticky. And when it's sticky, it needs more pressure to circulate through your system. And uh, also his diet did not include alcohol, which also makes blood sticky. And not caffeine either. You know, caffeine makes the heart bump faster, and when your heart is pumping faster, your pressure goes up. Of course, it wears off, and so uh, pressure goes down, but then you take another drink of uh, Coke or coffee through the day, you know, feeling a letdown. So uh, the pressure is higher for uh, part of the day as a result of caffeinated beverages. And, uh, and, and you know, we hear some time to time about, the, you know, when you hear something in the news about uh coffee being good for you, yeah. you can figure that a big industry is behind that study somehow. Mm. Uh, they, they, they love those studies that show that they are good, but I could tell you from as a physician, I wish I had a $10 bill today for everybody that's come to me for symptoms related to, to coffee or caffeine. Uh, it's for, for the nerves. You know, people want a nerve pill, a tranquilizer way back then. Uh, or something for sleep, having trouble with uh, sleeping at night. Um, I, the, uh, uh, in the coronary care unit, it is not allowed because in the context of a heart attack, 
caffeine could trigger a fatal arrhythmia. It lowers the threshold for ventricular fibrillation, and it can give extra heartbeats. They call them PVCs, etc. So uh, my daughter got breast lumps while she was working the night shift at the hospital. She was a nurse, but uh, she couldn't stay awake, so she, she was drinking Cokes. And her doctor told her, just quit the caffeine, and uh, sure enough, they went away. Really? Uh, but Yeah, but that's the, the most common cause for surgery on the breast is fibrocystic breast disease. It's not cancer, mm -hmm. but uh, those, those can be actually a risk factor for cancer. Uh, those lumps, but uh, it is, it's not directly related, but uh, well, I think maybe, you know. So, I want, uh, yeah, I know. I, I just want to back you up a little bit because you've said so much already, and really much of this wasn't necessarily going to be the focus of our conversation, but I'm so curious about it. When, okay. when, you, when you first started talking about diet and you said, you know, we don't need to have uh, steaks and, you know, meat and th these kind of proteins in our diet, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about uh, a vegetarian diet. I don't know a whole lot about a vegan diet um, because I do eat steak and I do eat burgers and I do eat meat and I like it. Um, help me understand a little bit about a meatless diet. Again, this isn't really what the focus of our conversation was, but you said that it's actually something that has helped you live very healthily. Um, you're going to be 80, and you sound like you've got way more energy than I do. So I'm really, really curious <laughs> about this. Okay. Well, uh, and by the way, I have teachers from that university also. Uh, a year and a half ago at Christmas, I got a card from one of my teachers who's 95, and he had a picture of a chainsaw and a tree down. Oh, and, you know, <laughs> and another one of my teachers uh, died a couple years ago in November, uh, Wareham, who took the heart team to Saudi Arabia, uh, heart surgeon. But he helped other residents learning surgery until he was 95. Wow. Uh, you know, that, and so basically, yeah, and, and he was he was vegan. The point is partly uh, that you can get adequate protein. In fact, I was told this in medical school that in poor countries, people can't kill their only cow. They might milk it and get some milk, but um, uh, two handfuls of whole grain, and it doesn't matter whether it's brown rice, down in Mexico they have a lot of corn, or in this country a lot of wheat, and one handful of beans or peas can make a balanced protein for a person so that you don't have to have animal products at all. And uh, a cup of cooked greens, for example, uh, has more protein than a cup of hamburger. And when I was on a renal service, renal patients cannot handle much protein. They have kidney failure. Uh, we, potato had a, a balanced protein. It, was, uh, it would supply the needs. It wasn't high in protein, but we think a potato is pure starch, right. but it has protein. And my point is that uh, I was taught in a nutrition course that if you eat a variety of foods in sufficient quantity to maintain your, uh, your ideal weight, you'll get enough protein without animal products. It, it can be, uh, you know, a different thing. And today, uh, even on the COVID, of all things, interestingly, which were, uh, some of your audience, I'm sure, are interested in, the British Medical Journal reported a year ago in July, and this is 2020, a, ba a plant-based diet gave a 73% uh, less severity in COVID, in, in health workers who, who 568 um, uh, healthcare workers who had contacted COVID and got the disease were less severe, 73% less severe than uh, their counterparts that eating other diets. When I hear you say that, I immediately think, well, it's, that makes sense because we know that obesity is a problem for COVID patients. And I would think the patient or the, the healthcare workers that are eating uh, more than just a health or a plant-based diet are probably more t more likely to be obese than the ones that are just eating the plant-based diet. Does that factor into it? Yes, that is true. Uh, uh, in fact, I I had a friend. A, he was a, she was a doctor's wife, and she had what she called vegaway. Uh, and, and and it's a vega meaning she found that people regress less uh, on in their weight. Problems if they were on a plant-based diet than if they uh, were uh, doing animal products. You know, I, I find I, I grew up frying my own hamburgers and eggs and things, and I, I know it's tasty and I like it, but uh, I I don't do it. <laughs> All right, so I want to I ask you another question about diets, and then I'm going to change the subject a little bit. Okay, um, sure. You you said that, uh, and, and and this makes so much sense to me too. That if 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 nutrition is right, if the diet is right, if the exercise is right, then 
We don't need the prescriptions that we're told we need in many cases. We don't need the procedures that we are going to see the doctors or the surgeons for often. It's, this is a take care of yourself before you get sick approach to health care versus let's treat the symptoms once you, once you abuse yourself. Excellent concept, and let me further it with a statement. I told you I worked on one of the most under one of the most intellectual, great people I have ever met with three doctor's degrees, and he came to me while I was teaching one day and he said, "You know, they're starting to call medical care health care." Of all the things, he was astonished and incredulous because he knew that prescription drugs and what the doctor does is not really health care. There's actually an inverse relationship. The more you see your doctor and the more prescriptions you take, the worse your health will be, really. Adverse drug reactions today are a leading cause of illness and death, and the definition of an adverse drug reaction is one that is properly prescribed and administered. In other words, it's not an overdose uh, that somebody took, and it's not a bad prescription. It's appropriate for that particular diagnosis, but just some people will react. You cannot always tell you how. And let me give you a serious example. Uh, after I retired, I moved to Washington, D.C. I wanted to share uh, some things with people, leaders, and so on. And uh, my wife got a bladder infection. And she went, uh, I, since I was retired, she went to her doctor, got a prescription for uh, something that I have uh, prescribed occasionally. It wasn't my favorite. It cured her infection in two or three days. She stopped the medicine. But a few months later, she got spots under her skin. And uh, she went to her doctor again, did a blood test, called urgently the next day and referred her to a hematologist. She said her uh, platelet is very, very low. He did a bone marrow and found no platelets in the bone marrow. He thought, well, maybe the spleen is destroying the platelets, so he did a splenectomy. Um, That wasn't the answer. He treated her with high steroids, gamma globulin, transfusions, in and out of hospitals. She died of a stroke. Oh, wow. Yeah. You always think it's a statistic somewhere else, but boy, uh, it, it, when it comes home, it it's, uh, can be serious. And for every one death, uh, let, me, let me just back up and say, uh, most people quote the AMA journal, Journal of American Medical Association, and it was tax day, April 15, 1998, when they reported 106,000 deaths in hospitals from adverse drug reactions. Um, and I, I forget how many. It was a couple million that were uh, sick. But you know, uh, but uh, two years later, the Western Journal of Medicine reported 199,000 outside the hospital. The first was in-hospital study. Second one was outpatients, and together there was 305,000. And to, that makes um, medical care the number three cause of death. Wow. You know, heart disease first, yeah. then comes cancer, and then. Uh, but the point, my point is that not a mention of this from the CDC. The CDC d- does not mention medical care in their top ten, even though the very first one, the AMA, said it's the fourth to sixth leading cause of death. You know, uh, the CDC doesn't mention it. And then when the other report came out, together three hundred five, not mentioning it. And in two oh oh seven. Uh, they reported a seven-year study. This was in the archives of internal medicine, and they said that the uh, over that seven-year period, the death rate and and disease, uh, you know, injury rate increased 2.7-fold. And so, if you multiply the deaths of 305 times 2.7, it's 824. And medical care is number one as a cause of death wow. in this country. And I went through the U.S. Senate offices with medical literature to show these senators until one senator said, you know, you're wasting your time. They own us. Speaking of (laughs) donations the drug companies give to their reelection campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to get into that a little bit more when we start talking about this pandemic a little bit. But I want to ask you your opinion of something. And I, I, did, I always make sure I preface these types of conversations with telling our audience that I am not a medical professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. All we're doing is having a conversation here and I am not giving you medical advice. Our guest is a doctor. Um and uh, but anything that you may get from our conversation, please talk with your medical professional about before you make any decisions. Having said that, because this is a really sensitive one, doctor, um, a friend of mine uh, two months ago 
was having just a little bit of discomfort uh, in his upper chest. Thought it may be cardiac related. Went into the doctor. Um, they did a series of tests. They found ultimately that he had some uh, some cancer, and I'm not exactly sure how it was identified, but it turned out this cancer was uh, not just local. It was throughout his body. Um, he started undergoing treatments but again this man was walking fine you wouldn't know there was anything wrong with him uh, going through this chemotherapy and within weeks the man dies and i can't help but think you know did the, was the medicine worse than the disease you know was the cure worse than the disease is that what killed him so quickly and uh, i'm just curious of what your opinion is on something like that Sometimes it is. I'll be honest with you. You know, and I—it's hard to say. You know, uh, um, but uh, how old was he? Uh, he was a young was man. He was—he was, he was okay. under forty. Well, well uh, my, my dad was a doctor, okay, in St. Louis, and he said uh, young people with young cancers is vigorous. When you get old, it, it, it's taken a long time for the cancer to get there, and it's a—it's a—it's a weak cancer. And, uh, you know, for example, cancer of the prostate, it, it, it may be just as good not to have treatment, uh, you know, uh, in a, some, some cancers of the prostate. Because it develops or, so slowly? Yes, yeah. right. And, and uh, uh, cancer of the—I was taught this, uh, that um, cancer of the cervix in women is so slow-growing that it takes 10 years to become invasive from when it's first found on a pap smear. And uh, uh, I mentioned this in a medical uh, meeting in uh, upstate New York, where I was at the time, uh, Cortland, New York. And in a, in a medical staff meeting, I said, uh, why don't we just do pap smears every third year? You still have three chances to catch it. They said, oh, women can't remember if it was last year or this year. It's just, uh, you know, they forget. Uh, just do it every year, you know. Well, it, it's all about money and greed, yeah. you know, in my opinion. It, it's that basically, and the more procedures you can do, the the more you make money from procedures much more than you do from just seeing a patient and writing a prescription. Right. So uh, do do you know we need to investigate this, and so basically my my trend is, um, let, let me say uh, uh, something else that I got from this Dr. Harding, the dean where I was at, that a man of uh, we we think we have really increased uh, you know medicine has really helped us to live longer because the lifespan averages longer now than uh, uh, around the year 1900, you know, 100 years ago. Right. Well, the difference was that ch a child, we now have uh, vaccinations that have wiped out the childhood diseases of whooping cough, diphtheria, and so on, and that, uh, we're not having lots of babies dying. That's right. And so, uh, it, but a man of, of 50 now lives no longer than a man of 50 back at the turn of the century, 100 years ago. In other words, he would probably live just as long as, as our 50-year-old people because we're getting heart disease and other things and so on. And a man of 50 didn't, hadn't died of the childhood diseases, and he, he would do fine. So we're, we don't have a lot to brag about medically. Yeah, you know, I um, one of my odd uh, pastimes, enjoyments, if you will, is I like to walk through cemeteries, particularly old cemeteries. And I've always marveled when you look at these old headstones from, you know, the 19th century or before. And you, you look at either they died very young or they lived into their well into their 80s. There's very few that died in between. And, Interesting. and I often thought that was kind of the case. If you survived, you know, those those diseases early in life, uh, you tended to live to be uh, to a ripe old age. Um, it's an interesting phenomenon. I think it kind of supports what you just said. Listen, um, I, you, since you indicated an interest in your diet and uh, feeling better and so on, I would like to tell your audience, uh, I have a DVD uh that is excellent. I sat across from a, a man at my alumni meetings at, at my university in Washington, D.C., where I first graduated from college, and uh, he had lost an eye to diabetes. But he got off of his uh, drugs, and his neuropathy was getting better after watching a certain DVD, and I have eight minutes of it on a website, and if people like it, for $10 uh, and, a, and a little postage, they can get both a D the DVD, 88 Minutes, uh, which is excellent and, and plant-based, uh, showing uh, how we've had a big change in our diets from way back then. But also, uh, they get a copy of my book, okay? 
Uh, and the, my book uh, has a uh, five stars from a Grady Harp, MD. He's a top 100 Hall of Fame Amazon reviewer from uh, uh, Amazon, basically. He liked the alternative medicine stuff in my book. And so uh, they, I, I will send both for the $10 plus $4 shipping. Amazon sells that DVD for $10 plus $4 shipping. And my book is uh, for sale for similar. So it's like a $28 or $27 value for just half price, basically. And, you, and to me, it's priceless because, uh, you know, how do you value health? And uh, to me, uh, it's very motivational, the DVD. But you can see eight minutes of it on my website and decide. Uh, it's, uh, uh, the, the website is called uh, three words everybody wants, health, happiness, destiny. Dot com, and it's on the book or DVD tab at the top. You look across it. It's, you know, there's a blog. And by the way, good information on the blog. If people will uh, uh, read that page, uh, it's, it tells uh, kind of the history of, of Fauci and uh, some stuff. Uh, you know, the CDC, but also it, uh, it tells an experience I had when I was working in an emergency room one night. I noticed I was getting sick. I had a scratchy throat and a runny nose, starting to run, uh, feeling achy, felt cold, uh, took my temperature. It was normal. Well, it taught us in medical school that viruses are killed or arrested with fever. And here I am, a sitting duck, no fever to fight this thing. And so I, <laughs> I wondered what I could do to get a fever, and I took a break from the, hosp uh, from the ER and filled a tub in the hospital with very hot water, hot as I could stand, and in 20 minutes, I had a fever of 102 and a half because I had immersed myself in that very hot water, really uncomfortably hot. But uh, I sat up, and as the water was running out, I poured cold water front and back several times because I had been taught that contrast, hot and cold, hot and cold, will double your white blood count. Twice as many soldier cells to fight infection and germs after hot and cold and I did not eat any supper. I was fasting because I wanted those white cells hungry. You see, the, the flu comes usually after the holidays when we've had uh, all kinds of cookies, cake, cakes, candy, things, sugar, you know, and the sugar lowers our phagocytic index. The ability to phagocytize or engulf germs is running about 25% for a lot of people who drink soft drinks with the, uh, all the 12 to 15 teaspoons of sugar per can, et cetera. So uh, no wonder we get the COVID, et cetera. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah so I just, want to, I just want to clarify. So there's an eight-minute clip of this video on the website that you gave, which is healthhappinessdestiny.com. Uh, that eight-minute clip is part of an 88-minute uh, video. It's on DVD, and you're offering the DVD and your book. Now, which book? Because you've got a, a few books. Okay, I do. And the one that they see on that website is Health, Happiness, Destiny, and it's the one that Grady Harp uh, testified to. Uh, it, uh, it has a lot in it, and it's well liked. It's well illustrated. I have a lot of illustrations in the, throughout the book. So um, I would say, and that's the one that I will mail to them. Um, I am, even as we talk, I, I recently had a question about how well the website is, is, is as a donation, and when it's a donation, PayPal doesn't take their address like they should. I, I thought it was uh, fixed, but I'm not certain even now as we talk. So uh, let me give you my, my email, and if for some reason they don't get the, the address, uh, they can email me. It's my, my name, Ruling, uh, R, and it's German, by the way. You said you spoke German. R-U-H-L-I-N-G-7, Ruling7, at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. And I will send the the book and the DVD. Um, happy to do that. And that seven is the number seven, not spelled out seven. That, that's correct. Okay. Ruling, R U H L I N G number seven at Juno J U N O dot com. Thank you. Yes. All right. I want to change the subject here. You know, we've sure. we've been the last how many months are we in this now? F uh, Fifteen, seventeen months, right? Something like that. And people are confused. They don't know who to believe. You've got one set of officials and doctors telling us to do one thing and that this this pandemic is, uh, you know, acting this way and it, it threatens you this way. And then you have a whole another group of equally credentialed physicians and scientists telling us something 
different. There is so much confusion, doctor. What should people start believing about this COVID-19 virus? God bless you. That's a good question. <laughs> and uh, I would say this. Um, now, I'm coming, uh, first of all, I'm non-denominational, trying to get, I'm not trying to get anybody to join any particular church, but I do believe the Bible is a book of wisdom. Uh, it has stood the test of time. It is a bestseller. When we were taking certain tests in college, uh, they uh, tested you to know if you had read certain bestsellers. Well, the Bible is really the bestseller all time. And uh, it has uh, it has a very good track record. Well, the great teacher uh, said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter is established. But the word for witness in Greek is martis, or martyr. In other words, they're paying a price for their testimony. And uh, the, the a former uh, uh, chief uh, scientist at Pfizer lost his job for saying this is dangerous. I think he's a witness, okay, as opposed to everybody on the evening news wanting to keep their job and read that script. And so, frankly, uh, I, I pay attention to the people who are uh, sticking their neck out a little bit because, uh, 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 you know, the, the mainstream will will paint it bad. Uh, Judy Mikovits, who said that the vaccines can give you autoimmune problems and chronic disease, I think so. I think so. You know, personally, uh, and and bless her heart for losing. Uh, she she went to prison actually for a while, but uh, you know, I think she shines. Uh, there's a Dr. Tenpenny, uh, and it's spelled just like it sounds, Tenpenny, uh, but uh, done a lot of research, and she actually testified to the uh, Ohio State Legislature, and they changed their mind and did not require kids to have vaccines, etc. You know, uh, there's an out, you have to have the parents okay or what. Uh, I just think, I don't want anybody taking my kids. Kids are not at high risk, and for them to get this vaccine, um, th that's bad, in my opinion. Uh, so uh, that's just a, something to think about. But, uh, and hey, uh, if you're talking about doctors, Dr. Peter McCullough, M.C. Capital C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H, University of Texas and A&M. Uh, you know, uh, he is board-certified internal medicine cardiologist on the editorial board of several medical journals. Okay, uh, he writes the editorials. He decides what articles are going to be included. Written uh, hundreds of articles himself. And boy, if you can get an interview with him, I mean, I, I, I. Uh, not even sure if I put it uh, in. I, I have a, another book that I didn't tell you about. It's on Amazon. It's called uh, From Lockdown to Knockdown, The yeah. Fall of America. Yeah. And in, and you, you don't have to buy the book. You can just go to look uh, to the website with, with the name of my book. Type, go to Amazon Books, type in my name, Richard Ruling, look for the title, Lockdown to Knockdown, and then you can click Look Inside and read the introduction. And I have links there to some pretty strong stuff by people like Dr. McCullough, and I'm not sure if his is there or not right now. But, uh, you know, uh, there are people seeing this as a, as a bad situation. And yeah, but, I, but, but, but let, me, let me just break yeah. this down a little bit, because b before we get too far ahead of ourselves, okay. you said in the beginning of the answer to my question that uh, there was somebody, I think you said from Pfizer? Yes, who Michael said that Yeaton. Y e a d o n said this was and a he, was was a bad situation. This is bad. Does he mean that it, the virus is bad, or the way we're reacting to the virus is bad? The, the, the way we are reacting, and the fact that uh, this vaccine is going to kill a lot of people. Okay, all right. Yeah. So um, he was sounding an alarm about the vaccine. Um, right. What is what? We have to be careful here because part of the problem with any of this is that any honest discussion about it uh, becomes a target for censorship, which is just, an, yeah. I can't believe I even just right. uttered that sentence here in the United States of America, but I did, and it's true. Uh, so working cautiously through this, what about this vaccine makes it dangerous? That is, is it any more or less dangerous than other vaccines? Uh, okay. Go ahead. Good. Uh, let me say this, that, Historically, uh, you know, and by the way, my dad was a doctor. I've had all kinds of vaccines when I was little, okay? 
But uh, the way they make a vaccine is they take the, the germ that causes a disease and they attenuate it or weaken it right. so that this thing cannot prevail against your body and your body can make antibodies. But they have never isolated the virus and made a, a vaccine from it. They, they admit that this is not a true vaccine. The, Everybody's calling it a vaccine, but it's more... Uh, uh, Dr. Tenpenny says, do not call it a vaccine. And she spoke to the Ohio legislature that I mentioned, and they changed... Uh, but the point is, um, it, I'll tell you the ingredients. Uh, it, it's um, messenger RNA is intended, uh, and I think, to impact your own DNA and your reaction so that people do not initially uh, seem to react to, uh, and they have milder case, you know, in Israel, for example, now Israel is one of the most highly uh, uh, vaccinated countries in the world, but uh, with the Delta virus coming over there, 82% of the people that get the Delta virus have already been vaccinated. Right. Now, that's not good, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, and, and bottom line, uh there are researchers. In fact, let me just tell you, uh, you can you can prove this to yourself. If you type in Google uh, NIH and antibody dependent enhancement, it's ADE. This is a, a fancy term, uh, antibody dependent enhancement. You can see a, a statement from NIH, the, uh, a researcher, an abstract. And I don't have it in front of me right now. I'll tell you what, while we're talking, I'm going to go to the website, and I will just read it from the website. Uh, hold on. Um. While you're doing that, our guest tonight, Dr. Richard Ruling, uh, he's the author of several books. We've talked about a couple of them already tonight. One of them is called From Lockdown to Knockdown, The Fall of America. Also, why another book is called Why You Shouldn't Ask Your Doctor. Um, Dr. Richard Ruling is a medical doctor himself, also has taught health at various universities. And um, we're talking about a v number of things tonight. Right now we're talking about coronavirus. Yes, and I found the website. Uh, when I, I, I Googled, it was uh, NIH, an antibody-dependent enhancement. And I'm, uh, one of the first websites that comes up is, is um, PubMed, M-E-D, dot ncbi dot nlm dot nih dot gov okay and i'm going to read you uh, uh, about three lines of an abstract right at the top of the thing and it said that data from the study of the sars covid and other respiratory viruses suggest that the anti-sars-cov antibodies could exacerbate which means inflame or enhance the covid uh, condition through antibody-dependent enhancement, ADE, previous respiratory virus and dengue virus vaccine studies revealed that human clinical safety risks related to ADE resulted in failed vaccine trials. And what they mean by that is the animals died. And we are taking something, we are the animals now in the experiment, basically. Now, they're not saying that. I just, I just quit reading the... The, the abstract says that it resulted in failed vaccine trials. Now, this is from the site that I just told you about, with uh, NIH.gov. Yeah. You know? So, again, I, I have to kind of retreat to my original question. What are people supposed – why, then, does the official medical community, the ones that, are rep that represent the federal government's position in all of this, why are they taking such an aggressive – approach to the to uh, the the vaccine to lockdowns to all of these things which are rather destructive not just to our individual lives but to society as a whole well first of all you talked about the doctors that are associated with the federal and the government do you know that the cdc is not the government is not federal it is a private agency and that they own the the uh, patents on about 60 uh, vaccines and they're making billions, and Fauci is uh, in, in, right with them. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you caught this in the news a year ago, roughly, but uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, said that um, we, uh, he was telling how that uh, Fauci at the University of North Carolina 
when the Congress said, do not um, um, – do you remember uh, just a week or so ago, uh, Rand Paul was grilling oh, Fauci yeah, of course. in Congress yeah. and, uh, on gain of function? Well, uh, basically, yes. Uh, they wanted the gain of function and, and uh, a patent related to that, uh, and the, the research was transferred to Wuhan where they, where they did it uh, after Congress said, don't, don't do it. And, and uh, Rudy Giuliani said, we paid for the damn virus that's killing us, basically, taxpayers. So uh, uh, I think, you know, and how, how did Fauci t- know to tell Trump that we're going to have a pandemic before it came? You know, uh, there's there's uh, some of this stuff just uh, um, s- smells like uh, how, do, you know, how do they know? Well, they, they uh, I think it's, it was a pl- some people say plandemic. Uh, you know, yeah. and uh, I, uh, they're making, uh, I think, not millions, but billions, some of them. And, but I, I just say, um, you know, Bill Gates, uh, he wants population reduction. Well, I, I and there's right now I heard uh, of experiments going on in Africa where uh, they are uh, some of the poor people. They're giving them money to be vaccinated but it's a special kind of vaccine where they can mark them, and uh, it, with the, the the vaccine can uh, is surveillance and uh, ultimately uh, policing uh, of them if they do this or do that. And and I mean it's really experimental, but it's I believe uh, it, it's coming to the U.S. later after they work the bugs out. You know, I hear I hear this this type of. Um information coming from a lot of different sources i and i I do another show that is more political in nature and we talk about a lot of this and i tend to try to remain optimistic and not believe that this is this is something that humanity is fully capable of particularly when it comes to the government of the united states i tend to not be able to believe that they are that sinister but i'm starting to lose my ability to stay in that camp um but understand uh, you know it takes it would take a lot of people doctor to be in on this to uh, for it to be as intentional as many suggest it is Uh, uh, you know it's not one or two people this would have to be hundreds of people and many nations and the governments of many nations I don't have good, easy answers for you, but uh, let me let me take you to the the um, the book that I consider the book. In other words, when I when I took uh, pathology in medical school, they talked about oh, Anderson is the Bible. Anderson's the Bible. Well, they, what they mean is the authority. I want to I want to say from the biblical standpoint, uh, if you look up uh, in the King James Bible, the word physicians with an S, every reference, five of them. Five times you find in the Bible the word physicians with an S. Uh, all the context is negative. From Genesis 50, where Joseph's father died, he asked the physicians to embalm his father. Well, that tells you that they must be losing so many patients that they do the embalming as well. You know, And uh, Job referred to his friends as... Uh, as liars and miserable physicians, you know they weren't they weren't helping him any. Uh, the uh, King Asa sought the uh, the physicians and not the Lord. Christ made two references to physicians. Uh, a woman had an issue of blood, and uh, she spent all her money, and she was no better. And uh, the um, the Book of Daniel, when when Christ was asked about the end of the world, he said to read and understand the Book of Daniel. In Daniel's first chapter. Daniel wisely opted out of government health care. It was the king's meat, the king's wine and goodies and so on. He said, I, I can't do that. And he, uh, he, he survived life and death issues in the first six chapters. He could have he been beheaded then because he said, what? You're a captive from uh, Israel, and uh, you're supposed to be studying at the king's. Uh, he's giving you the best, and it's not good enough for you? Uh, off with your head. But he was courteous, and he said, just, just give us a 10-day trial, let's see. And uh, in 10 days, they were better than the other guys. You know? And uh, um, the, uh, another one that I think is very interesting, and this is, this is huge in my opinion, John 5th chapter is uh, a, an account historically of a pool of Bethesda in which uh, a man was lame, had been there for years and years and years, and God, Christ had pity and healed him. But the point is... This pool, it was a mythology 
that uh, people, first person in, that it was a myth that an angel would trouble the water and the first person in would, uh, would get healed. Well, we have a pool of Bethesda. Bethesda, Maryland is NIH, okay? Hmm. And our tax dollars are pooled there to do drug research. And it's a myth that we can be cured with a drug because I, I took internal medicine and almost every uh, disease in my textbook was unknown etiology. They didn't know what it caused. They, they have risk factors like smoking or diet or this or that, but they don't call that a cause. They just say it's, it's uh, a, you know, a risk factor if you're overweight or whatever, whatever. Well, my point is if they never identify the cause, then the, the, then the drug can never, uh, it won't address the cause either. And it's, how can it be a cure? It's just symptomatic. Like, yeah. and, and let me give you an example of blood pressure. When I uh, attended the, the cardiology meeting while I was teaching at the university and Pritikin got 85% off patients off their drugs, uh, there are half a dozen things we can do to help our blood pressure. I mentioned the, fat, the high-fat diet makes blood sticky. Alcohol makes the blood sticky. Caffeine makes the heart beat faster and makes the pressure go up. When I was a kid, my dad saw me salting my food one night. He said, why are you salting your food? I said, it needs it. He said, you didn't even taste it first. And, and uh, he said people who salt their food like that tend to get high blood pressure when they get older. Well, I got out of that habit. But uh, the point is that, you know, salt makes you retain more fluid, and uh, your kidneys will excrete more. But over time, the, the thermostat gets turned up, and you, you retain and get higher pressure. So when I was in medical school, they called it essential hypertension, and you write them a prescription for a water pill, diuretic, or something like that. Now they have ACE inhibitors and other things that are being used. But um, my point is, if, if there are, uh, I didn't mention exercise, but exercise lowers blood pressure. Uh, if you don't get enough sleep, you get under stress, uh, and your, your hormones will raise your blood pressure. Uh, so I've just named about a half a dozen things that can affect blood pressure. And uh, why, why go, you know, when I was in, uh, there teaching at the university, I got a, a newsletter from the American Heart Association, and it said, that unless your blood pressure is inordinately high with your lower number, the diastolic, at 105, uh, treatment should begin with an addressing environmental factors like diet, exercise, uh, sleep, and things like that. And so, uh, in other words, but, well, now you, you go to a doctor and they, they want to treat you if, if your lower number is even 90. Yeah. You know? uh, they yeah. they want to get it down. Well, the studies show you live longer if it's down, but it doesn't mean that you have to. Uh, it, I, I think if you have to take a drug to get it down, that's not good. If you can live well to get it down, that's great. And so that's that's my perspective. Drugs are, are potential trouble, and I I, I say uh, to get it down with a drug is not uh, is not as good. I would rather have it 90 uh, without a drug than 80 or lower with a yeah. by taking a pill. Yeah, you know, basically. Um, this hour is going rather quickly, Doctor. I want to ask you more specifically about your book, From Lockdown to Knockdown, The Fall of America. The title says a lot in itself, but tell us what this book's about. Okay. It's about uh, major systems in America that are failing, and medicine is just one of them. Education is another. I think uh, religion uh Government is failing us. You know, I mentioned you know the Congress. Well, they, 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 the senator said that I was wasting my time telling them about a leading cause of death as prescription drugs because uh, the the uh, drug companies uh, paid for their reelection campaign, and so uh, you know that that's bad, bad, bad. And uh, uh, our correctional system, America is has more people in prison per capita than any other country in the world, even communist China. You know. Uh, if a person uh, somehow um, gets accused of a crime uh, that they can't afford a lawyer for, uh, they'll often plead guilty and go to prison for five years instead of 25, just to, you know, because they, they can. And so there are a lot of innocent people in prison, and, and the prisons, in, like in California, have been overloaded, so they let some of these criminals out on the streets, uh, you know, uh, rapists and so on, and, and they do it again, you know. So yeah, we're seeing that total. we're seeing that yeah. in play right now all over the country. Yeah, right, right. And immigration, people coming to this country that you know don't. And the Pope came to our uh, our Congress to tell us how to run America. Well, if he's so good, 
Why doesn't he straighten out South America? Because he's in control of things that are going down there. Why does all his people want to come here and tell us, you know, why does he want to tell us how to, how to run it, you know, if they all want to come here for a better life? Yeah, you know, something you just said made me think of another symptom of this this COVID year and a half that we've been going through. And that is the first time that I'm aware of ever the government, not necessarily at the federal level, but at a lot of different levels, was actually prohibiting doctors from prescribing a medication, hydroxychloroquine. I think I said it right. Um, yes. And I thought this is the most bizarre thing I have ever witness that we have governors making it illegal for physicians to prescribe a medication to their patients what did what what do you what, yeah, and, th- and, what do you think of that there's another one also ivermectin is also very good both yeah. of these overseas countries have found uh that low doses are very helpful and uh not a problem uh etc and and another thing when you mentioned uh it's hard to believe that other countries are involved um the leadership of several com- uh, countries, Haiti, Tanzania, Madagascar, and I forget the fourth one, uh, these leaders said no to the vaccine, and they're no longer around. Mm. And I just say, you know, there is something, I think, sinister going on. Uh, it's it's hard to believe that, uh, you know, how this could uh, be behind the scenes so much and blindside us, but I just say... Um, you know, and I mentioned the NIH in the Bible, uh, National Institutes of Health uh, at Bethesda. Uh, there's one more that I got to give you, and <laughs> and that is that in the Book of Revelation, there's a call to come out of Babylon, uh, which is a term that I think means confused systems, just like we have our our medical system is confused, mm-hmm. our educational system is confused, religion, uh, government is confused, economy is is uh, you know the, the directors of, of of major banks are all interlocking. Uh, they're on the same boards of different, uh, you know, et cetera. They, uh, with I, an IMF whistleblower blew the whistle on some of this. But um, my point is that in in Revelation, the, the 18th chapter is a call to come out of those confused systems. And verse 23 says, For by her sorceries were all nations deceived. Bad translation for sorceries. You know what the Greek word that they translated as sorcery is pharmakia. P-H-A-R-M-A, pharma-kia. It should be pharmacy, for by her pharmacy were the nations deceived. And people today, every nation practicing Western medicine is on the brink of bankruptcy because we spend so much money late in life in intensive care, uh, astronomical costs, just trying to live a few more weeks or months. Yeah, um, I do want to get uh, your, opinion, your opinion on my original question. You, uh, you, you touched on it there, but... What do you think about a government official in the United States telling a doctor he cannot prescribe or she cannot prescribe any medication, regardless of what it is, to their patient? It's and that is it, 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 total total interference. Uh, they, what what does the governor know? You know, he's just listening to uh, uh, NIH, and uh, you know, it, it, it's because we did not have a medication for this COVID that they call an emergency and take the vaccine now. You see, that's the push for the vaccine. It's uh, obscured by the fact that no medicine is working. If the medicine had been working, right. we wouldn't need the vaccine. Right. And, of course, um, you know, hydroxychloroquine was is, has been around for 70, 80 years, whatever it's been. It's very yes. safe, and it's very cheap. It's very cheap, right. which, you well, know, people, people don't make... Well, co- also uh, is, is that way. There, there, those are two excellent drugs uh, that could be useful and, uh, and are somehow uh, banned. Bad situation. Yeah. So um, as we start to wrap up our conversation, uh, what do you what do advice do you have for people? Well, again, getting all this conflicting information and the fact, you know, I, I have been saying this a lot more recently, the fact that they shut down debate on so much of this. All that does is make people more suspicious of their motives. If we were allowed in the public square, which happens to be our social media companies anymore, if we were allowed to have these discussions, regardless of how outlandish one side is or the other side is with their with their premise, ultimately we would all we would settle on a, an accepted uh, you know position in the middle somewhere, and everybody would have you know feel like at least their you know concerns were heard and we were able to talk about it. But because right. they're shutting down one whole side of this conversation. We can't have the dialogue, so we can't get comfortable with what what they're pushing on us. So what's your advice exactly. to people? Yeah, 
I I love you for your spirit, and I appreciate what you're saying. I just think uh, uh, there are huge forces behind the scenes that we aren't seeing and understanding. But uh, I think everybody ought to become uh, pro-agitation for what is right, for freedom, for, you know, uh, freedom to speak, freedom to uh, uh, assemble, freedom to uh, um, travel, etc. Uh, we're, we're headed, though, to government control, uh, I'm afraid, because uh, in, in the book of Revelation, there's a, a time when you can't buy or sell unless you're going along and compliant, you know, and I think that's bad, you know. The... Um you know, the other thing we have to be uh, questioning here is that as the news starts to get um, bad for the current administration, and I'm not talking about the COVID news, I'm talking about news in general, polling, all of a sudden, you know, now we're being told mask back up, we're being told don't leave your house, wear your masks in front of your children so your children get used, you know, all this stuff that's that was bizarre the first time around, and they're bringing it back up. So the skeptical person, the the one who questions things, might say, "Hmm, is this because polling numbers are going down? Uh, you know, is this a distraction? What what is actually happening here? Any thoughts on that?" Well, I I do have some thoughts. It's just uh, let me say this, okay, uh, from a biblical perspective now. When Christ was asked about the end of the world, he said, uh, when you see an abomination um, standing where it ought not or in the holy place, then uh, uh, flee uh, and and uh, woe to them with child, woe to them, etc. The, the point was uh, early believers, Christians, uh, before the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, when the Roman army came uh, to Jerusalem and, and just surrounded it, uh, they took the first opportunity to get out and, and get out of the city. And personally, uh, I think uh, if I were living in the city, I would want to find a, a, a cabin or someplace rural just as a vacation spot, maybe a mobile home or a camper or something. I don't know. But I believe that, that uh, uh, real lockdown and trouble is going to come to cities through martial law in a context of a major event, a a calamity or something, in which uh, uh, it'll be freedom's gone forever, you know, in a sense. And I personally don't want to be forced to have a vaccine. I believe, you know, it's, uh, to me, uh, my freedom and my health, I I would rather go to prison than have a vaccine from what I believe it can do to people. Hey, I just, uh, I didn't, I don't know if I told you this, but yesterday I had an uh, email from a woman that's on my email list, her name is Carol, and she, her brother, uh, found dead on the kitchen floor after the second COVID shot. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Um, you know, those aren't the, those are certainly not stories you want to hear. People are looking for hope. You know, a lot of people yeah. put their hope on this vaccine, and I think a lot of people still hold on to the fact that it is an answer, at least a partial answer to what we're going through right now. Meanwhile, no one seems to want to hold China accountable for what they've done, which becomes increasingly nefarious when we, we learn more and more about what actually happened versus what they were telling us happened and that's the only saving grace here doctor is that the truth does seem to drip through it seems to you know escape the filters over time and i'm hoping that that continues to be the case when we actually figure out what truly happened how it happened and uh, maybe prevented it from happening again but you know as you said the forces are bigger than all of us yes uh i would say for those that did get a vaccine do not get a booster and if you get sick um get some uh hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, uh, take some vitamin C, some, uh, get some vitamin D also, and uh, some of the uh, bioflavonoids and antioxidants and things, you know, health-type stuff. And uh, um, my hot and cold was helpful for me and when I just got the plain old flu. It, it, but, you know, it, it, a, a flu virus is, it, it, in other words, this this COVID is less fatal, uh, it thought, less than 1% fatality unless you have pre-existing conditions right. and probably on prescription as well. So I just say uh, hot and cold, eat carefully, eat well, uh, and uh, do the uh, uh, supplements and so on and uh, choke through it, pray, you know, and I, I believe God will help us. 
Well, you, you've been a, a terrific source of information. I know that not everybody agrees with your position. Not everybody agrees with the other position. And I'm still trying to sort it out for myself. But I loved what you were able to present tonight, Doctor. And I appreciate your, your honesty and your insight. Please, once again, let people know where they can go to get more information about the video you were talking about and your book. Okay. Three words everybody wants. Health, happiness, destiny.com. Click on the book DVD tab, and uh, you can watch eight minutes of the video. And if you want to send a donation, uh, that's a nonprofit, et cetera. Uh, and if you do not uh, uh, get a uh, – if they don't take your – they may take your address, but I would say email me uh, also because uh, – if you don't, if you don't get it, my my email is ruling r u h l i n g seven, or I will be sending you an email. Uh, it, uh, your email will show up, but some recently the address did not show up on uh, donations, and I I just am uncomfortable with that, and they're, I'm trying to get it fixed. But anyway, uh, I I don't know if it is fixed right now. I'm so, sorry to say. Okay. But uh, anyway. Uh, so so your email address is ruling with an H, R-U-H-L-I-N-G-7, the number 7, at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. Um, and you you uh, encourage folks to email you directly um, just because right. you're uncertain about the uh, the status of, of the links there. Right. Thank okay. you very much. Yeah. Thank you, doctor. We appreciate it. I look forward to having you back at some point. Uh, you've been a great help tonight. Thank you for being here. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.